0: I don't know if it is where you guys are. I'm sure it is. But it is absolutely beautiful here right now. Oh my goodness. The colors are out of control. Yeah. And I don't know why. It's unseasonably warm. It was it like is. seventy degrees the last two days. Just it's very warm. To the today. Outside. Yeah. Man. I, I think really last year it. we had a huge storm
1: come through in mid October and it just blew away all the leaves. So we never got to see the color change.
0: And oh. then this year it's just been calm seventies, just absolutely gorgeous. It is very windy right now, so I think that's probably like going to happen to us, where everything's going to disappear in the next you know week mm-hmm. or so. But uh, yeah, it is gorgeous outside. It, something that this is unrelated to anything. I just happened to think about it. Um, we have this one tree. When you look at our back window, there's this one tree, and on that tree, there's this one branch. It's a pretty good sized tree, but this one branch started turning red like a month before anything else. I never could figure it out. I'm like, why is that one changing? And then now that the entire tree is red, that one has lost its leaves. And Mm. so it's like a head. And so I was walking around the backyard the other day and I kind of was standing underneath that tree and I looked up at which branch it was. And it turns out we have a swing for the kids hanging from that branch. And it's not like a, it it has the, almost like a seatbelt strap, like a really wide piece of webbing that's wrapped around that branch and i hadn't noticed that over time it has started to constrict that branch a little bit and you can see that the you know the bark is growing past that strap Oof. and that has caused that limb of the tree to start to change early so i'm definitely going to have to take that off and move it and figure out a better way to hang the swing but hmm. i didn't realize that constricting like that i guess it makes sense would affect you know when that would start to change but it does yeah. anyway it's weird. We have, like, you know, one tree with a beauty mark. <laughs> it's just We had such
2: a drought here this summer. I guess we all did. We had such a drought mm-hmm. that a lot of my trees seem like they they started turning brown in August. And I hope they come back in the spring because they're evergreens and firs. And a few people said if they start turning brown, they're going to die. That's oh. a lot of them. There's, like, ten trees on my property that are probably going to die if that's the case.
0: That's so many projects. You just got yeah. so many projects right there, man.
2: That are a lot of... Lot of Camp Camp <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> but it's it's a shame cuz I have a lot of properties bordering a lot of trees bordering the property's edge it creates a barrier and a lot of the mm. trees are along the properties and they have some of the tallest trees that define the tree line. Now with
0: come down. with that much property and like those those kind of separating tree lines is it something you look at on a regular basis is planning new stuff to eventually fill in gaps?
2: Oh, I mean, yeah. have you thought I, of I, plant, uh, tree, I try and plant trees every year to fill yeah. in gaps. There was a, a tree trimming team going around and trimming all the trees that are intersecting power lines for almost a whole year. They went around the whole county. And one, one morning I woke up and they were on the edge of my property. My property is on two sides of two roads I'm on a corner. And they were going after these four or five really big trees. And I said, guys, could you, they all have to come completely down. I said, "Could you, you could do me a favor and just cut them so they're below the power lines?" I said, "I'll let the tree stump, this like twenty-five foot tree stump." So they cut these. I think they were locust trees. They cut like four of them, so that was there'd be no chance that they could grow into the power lines that are on the streets edge. And so oh. I have like four or five trees. They just look like columns. They just they're big tree trunks that are probably twenty inches across, and they just end at about twenty-five feet in the air. And so those obviously are going to die and have To figure out what to do with them eventually, but they're kind of keeping a barrier between the, the road and my property.
1: We hmm. use uh, there's a website called fastgrowingtrees.com, and they have these uh, evergreens that we get. We get a couple every year and plant them, and they take about a year or two to really take off, but after they start taking off, they grow a couple feet. Uh, a year just like uh, up and and wide yeah Mm. fastgrowingtrees.com wow
0: check that out
2: here's another thing i do in the lower east side there's a curly willow and so about 10 years ago i cut a couple of branches off the curly willow and you could stick them in water and they grow roots and then you stick that into Mm -hmm. the ground and then all of a sudden the tree grows and they grow really fast and so there was uh well i this is a different subject. I was going to say, me and Taylor fought all the time over because I like curly willows, and she says they're not attractive. So I always thought they were attractive. So I would oh, yeah, we would butt heads. Mm-hmm. And now I have the freedom to plant as many curly willows as I want around the property. So a couple of weeks ago, me and my brother planted like 10 curly willows around the property. So my whole Keep them away gonna...
1: from- they, they, they have really, really long roots. So you yeah, no, don't they're on want the them interfering. Edge. Okay. Yeah. You don't want yeah, them interfering with plumbing.
2: Yeah, no, I keep them, uh, I they have them on the properties, actually, to fill in, because they get big fast, and, they, and, mm-hmm. and I just happen to like them. It's kind of a sentimental thing. I used to have one in my childhood that we'd always play on and, and around, and so I always grew up liking curly willows. It just feel warm and fuzzy to me, and uh, so every year I cultivate 30, 40 branches, and I don't always get to plant them, but occasionally. So this, uh, this fall, I planted like 20 curly willows. Nice. Cause I have the freedom now to plant anything I want <laughs> <laughs> On that subject last week I said that, that I'm going through some changes and the changes is that I am now a single person And it's okay. It was my choice. Yeah, it's just a difficult decision, but Everything's everything's for the better and I'm doing good And I have a lot more time to make a lot more things if you haven't so noticed on Instagram. <laughs> so many <laughs> willow so, trees. Plant so many trees. <laughs> no, but now I'm, I'm back to dating for the first time in 12 or 13 years. Mm. That sounds I mean, really I fun. Dating, <laughs> but, I mean, I haven't been dating, but I have the opportunity to do so. so.
1: Yeah. That's all that matters. It's just the opportunity.
2: Right. Well, all I want <laughs> is consent. That's all. Sam Morell, the comedian I like, he says, because once I get consent, that's all I need. I can just go home <laughs> after that. You really just want to make more things. <laughs> <that's it. laughs> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the boat is moving along quickly now. It's looking good. Thank you. Yeah, it's coming. Along. I just posted an Instagram story just before we started of me making the stem. Just showing. I did. I worked late last night, but I didn't do any stories on it. But the stem is—it's a big, big step. It's the nose of the boat, and it's like the next. It's the next big step to do the 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 stem and the keel, and they're coming out good. Last night I was at a point where, and we could talk more about this as a, as a subject, but. Every time I look at the boat, I go, okay, I don't it's so overwhelming. I don't know where to begin, what to do. And I said, Well, let me just work on this little section. Okay. And then all of a sudden I'm like two feet past that and then two feet past that. And then all of a sudden, the whole side of the boat's done. And last night, the same thing with the with the stem. I'm like, oh, I don't even know how to attach this. The instructions are a little vague. I wrote a note to Joan at Bear Mountain Boat, said if you could find some pictures from some of your clients of The way the stem attaches, everything I could find is the boat is upright. I can't see the bottom of the boat. I'm not sure how the keel is supposed to be positioned. And I just kept, well, if I do this, I'm definitely going to have to at least do that. And then I'm going to have to, if this is going to be here, that has to relate to that in that way. And one by one by one, all these small decisions get together and then boom. The stem is in place. And any question she gives me now is going to be either it's right or wrong, it's too late. It's already in place. (laughs) It doesn't matter. But it looks looks right and it feels right because that's how I did it on the canoe. But the only difference with this, the stem on the canoe curves and embeds into the surface of the bottom of the boat because the bottom of the boat does not have a keel. This boat has a keel that goes all the way down the center, which is just a strip of wood that creates a fin, a small shallow fin, but that gets blended into the front stem. So when you touch the very tippy point of the nose of the boat, that piece of wood goes all the way down underneath the whole length of the bottom to the very back and protrudes about two inches. So, a little bit, a little bit, little bit, all of a sudden I have a lot of it. A lot of it. It's bit. satisfying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and, and and it really looks good. I'm, I'm proud of the way it came out. Of yeah. course, I made my pocket a little too wide. You know, I always envy the guys that use chisels and hand tools and their pocket goes, it, like something happens with me and people can identify with this. He's like, it doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. All of a sudden, there's a gap around it. I'm like, what? Yeah. Oh yeah. How, it didn't fit 1 second <laughs> right. ago. Now there's a gap around everything. What did like did something happen? But that's what happens. You know, yeah. pay close 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 attention. Nothing well, what, epoxy couldn't fill. That's right.
0: What else have you been been working on? Got anything else new?
2: Well, this weekend I'm going to Nashville. Oh. So I don't I won't have a video out this week. I have a couple of videos in the hopper, but I need to edit them. I do have one that's complete and ready to go. I'm just waiting for my friend who I partnered up with it to give me the the thumbs up. Uh, But if he gives me the thumbs up, I could publish that. But I'm going to Nashville this weekend to do a a creative lecture to a group of lawyers. So I'm very excited about that. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) i didn 't know I got booked to do this, and I just started. i don 't know if they can hear the sarcasm mm. that I see, but uh. <laughs> i I got booked to do this many many months ago, and I think I got booked because of the t v show i can 't really understand mm. why she would want me to do this, but she was very nice and and the pay is good, so we uh we agreed to do this, and she wants me to do a behind the scenes on television stuff and YouTube stuff and just a little like creative process and how to stay interested and relevant, so I put together a Keynote um, to my best of my ability, and I'm going to do that. Well, what was funny, I thought it was a corporation. Hmm. I thought it was a corporate, and I've been asked to do corporate places where they have a creative retreat, and I've done a couple of those in my life. And so I Googled just to see what kind of corporation this is, so I Googled some of the, the information in the email, and it's a group of lawyers that are having some sort of creative conference.
0: It's like a lawyer gang
2: Mm. Lawyer, lawyer. It's like a weekend retreat for lawyers. That lawyering partners. It's good, It's a little. It's a little complicated. I don't really understand it. But hmm. partner, firm partner, lawyer, hangout weekend, something. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> really rolls yeah, up. And I'm one of the. I'm one <laughs> of the headliners. <laughs> I hope they care and know who I am. After huh. reading that, I went back and put a couple of slides in of like my YouTube channel. You know, like my most viewed videos, just so give me a little credibility. Yeah. Right, because they're gonna call my name, and everyone's gonna get up to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> that
0: comedian I've talked about before, uh, Nate Gar- Nate Bargatze. Sure, um, yeah. He does this joke about how his dad's a magician, and one time for his dad, this special show on his dad's birthday or something, they brought him as a comedian secretly to the show, and then made him pop out of one of the magic tricks that his dad was doing. And his dad didn't know it. it was a surprise for his dad, but it was on stage in front of a bunch of people. And then they wanted him to do like five minutes of stand-up comedy. And so he sneaks in, he does this trick, he pops out of the trick and realizes that nobody in the audience has any idea who he is, why he's there, or that he's a comedian. <laughs> so he's just like standing up there trying to figure out how to talk to these people. And It's yeah. a very funny bit. Yep. But Well, you should do a magic trick while you're there. That
2: would break oh the Oh, boy, ice. that'll be fun. I'm yeah. going to do the magic trick of me disappearing. <laughs> <laughs> no, I got to do about 35, 40 minutes and I'll mm. do a, I'll, I, I, my, my, one of my goals is to do a lot of thought provoking when it comes to, cause a room full of people that don't know anything about YouTube are always very curious and television. So
0: mm.
2: I'm going to do a lot of thought provoking and then do a Q and A then, and then the Q and A is always fun too, because it's a lot of in the moment, fun stuff.
0: Yeah. And I think if you question. if you prompt with a lot of your YouTube and product sale and TV mm-hmm. like experience, that will that'll probably drive a whole bunch of questions. I would imagine yeah. at that
2: point. That's cool. Yep. That's, that's a different so that's, kind of. So that's that's the this Friday in Nashville. So if anybody's going to be in Nashville Thursday night, well, that's tomorrow night. Thursday night. Well, if anybody's going to be in Nashville, come into time machine and come hang out with me tomorrow night. <laughs> night. Come hang out with me yesterday night.
0: <laughs> and if you have a time machine, call me because. I've got a project. <laughs> Let's <already>. collaborate. Yeah.
2: <laughs> cool. Oh, my God. Look at my phone, my new phone. It just picked up our current conversation. I'm about to send to Nick Zimetti. And it's still going. <laughs> uh,
0: well, How does that David, happen? what about you? What are you want uh, to do?
1: I am uh, I'm feeling relief. I've been working, uh, just relief of finishing up a big project. I've been working with burns and matic And it's been almost a full-time job since the end of June making videos for my channel and then their channel yesterday this it was a non-public event but i had to do this live presentation to media where like uh like a zoom call with apartment therapy martha stewart living popular mechanics uh there were like 13 of these media publications watching me demonstrate the, oh, this boy. new torch from Burns-O-Matic. I've been dreading this thing for weeks, and but we've been working on it and scripting it, and like, and uh, and it, and it went well. Uh, it it went really good. And then, like you said, Jimmy, like my favorite part was the or at least the the easiest part is when they open up to Q and A because that's where I'm more natural and like, oh, yeah, I can give absolutely. you how I actually feel and and um, it was stressful i just it was and that's done i've submitted my last two videos for them to review so that's done i can i feel like i can get back to my normal routine it feels like i've been working two full-time jobs for three months so and uh we today we are filming the end of our wedding ring video they're done kelly hasn't seen them yet so i'm gonna get her get her reaction and then we'll shoot the end so that should be the next video on my channel and then next week, I finally can start building this vanity that I was supposed to start a long time ago. But we're mm. under the fire. The crew is coming in in a couple of weeks to work on our bathroom, so that's got to be done. Hmm.
0: Yeah. How long is that going to take doing the whole
1: bathroom? Do you know? I don't. There's two. They're doing both bathrooms at the same time. Oh, Not at the same okay. time, but one after yeah. another. One is kind of getting just a new face, and then the other one is a tear down a wall, expand it walk-in shower type thing, uh, I I would imagine that's going to take two or three weeks. I was thinking, I I thought it was going to take a month, and Kelly's like, that's not going to take them a month. I'm like, okay, we'll see. Hmm. So that will
0: be a nice disruption. Yeah, for sure. It would be a mess. Yeah. Although, it would be nice to have somebody else be in charge of containing a mess like that. (laughs) Yeah. Rather than you having to contain it
1: our um it, you'll you'll the the vanity that i'm building is for our guest bathroom and our guest bathroom is it's not very presentable it's you know we have a house from the 50s and so it's really old it's got the old tile in there it it was pink it's been painted over the ceiling yeah. has been flaking for years i tried to Scraping some of the flakes off, and it just flakes some more. It's kind of embarrassing. Our bathroom is pretty embarrassing, and you'll get to see it in the video. So I'm going to make the vanity, and I'm going to shoot the before um, shots, and then I'm going to wait to release the video until the bathroom is done, so I can do the after. And I won't pretend like that I did any of that because I I really don't like home improvement stuff. I have <laughs> I, wish, no I wish I
2: had somebody to do all the stuff I do. I hate doing it.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I just want to stick to woodworking.
0: Yeah. Cool. Well, for me, um, we finished up the video that's coming out tomorrow is, um, I don't know if I told you guys about it or not, but we made basically a gallery wall at our office for a bunch of the stuff that I've made over the years that doesn't have a purpose otherwise. Like, you know, furniture, you make something, it goes to a place and it lives there and that's how it's used. But a lot of the props Specifically, and some of the like just silly things don't have a home so they ended up like on the floor in the other room they get dusty and knocked around and so at the office we had this big wall the ceilings are kind of tall at the office so we um, made a gallery wall of display boxes so they're like 12 inch deep plywood boxes with a painted back and they're just mounted up on this wall in kind of an interesting configuration and so all of the stuff is mounted up and it, it turned out really nice. It's very simple. It's a very simple project. Each one is held up with cleats. And so it's stable, but also kind of movable. And there's enough room on the wall that we can add more things as I make more things. And um, But I think it's one of those projects that my hope is that somebody could see that and be like, oh, well, I collect blah, blah, blah. Or I make a lot of blah, blah, blah. And I could do that exact same thing with my stuff, you know, to display it. I tried to keep it very simple, mm-hmm. but striking. Um, so... Yeah, that's coming out this week, and I'm working on starting to figure out the guitar for the great guitar build-off. Yes, i got to jump on that Monday. Spent some time yesterday deciding what I'm going to do there with that, and um, I think I'm actually going to start working on it on a live stream so people can watch as I do the initial shaping and all that type of stuff. And yeah, we're planning out the next several videos and... I'm gathering materials and, you know, it's just a lot of a lot of things in process at the same time. And I've been going to, I know I've talked a lot about soccer and I've been doing a lot of soccer, but it's kind of weird today. So my daughter is on the junior varsity soccer team. Their season is over because it's junior varsity. It doesn't go that long. But the varsity team, which are friends of hers and people that she practices with and looks up to and all that stuff, they've moved on to the, they are now in the final four of the state championship, and this is not something I – I don't know why I'm even telling you this, but this is not something that I would have ever pictured myself doing. I'm taking off – after we finish recording this, I'm taking off the rest of the day and taking two of my kids out of school early to drive an hour and a half to watch a soccer game that has – like, I don't have any kids in the game. (laughs) But (laughs) – I'm realizing that over the last, and and I said this on No Instructions a while back, but like my kids are into soccer right now. And so this is the time of life where this is, you know, I get to be a part of what they're a part of, even if I'm not into it. And it dawned on me a couple of days ago that I've been doing a lot of this. I've been cultivating an interest in something that I could care less about beforehand, simply because it gives me an overlap with my kids. And today feels like, even though it's not a big deal, it feels like an extra step in that direction that I'm I'm intentionally blocking off time, leaving work to go do something that I have really no particular reason to do just because it's with some of the kids. And so this season of life is a little bit strange in that my time is being mixed with stuff I want to do, stuff I need to do, and then stuff that I am just doing because association, you know, like mm-hmm. just to get over there. But... So, um, a lot of my my days lately have been, you know, ending early to go to games and and go into practices and all this stuff that I don't have to do, but it's an excuse to to be with them, and that's a shift I'm very happy about. So nice, that's been a a different kind of thing, balancing as, as, work as days, you would so. say. Exactly. Yep. Yeah it won't be like this forever but right now it, it is so trying to do that but um you know and then the rest of the time just trying to crank on projects and plan things so that I can I can work on it when I have the time I'm trying to make sure that I'm I've always got something ready to go so that my time is useful in the shop and my time is effective and not you know waiting on materials or waiting on whatever so that's pretty much what we've been into. I don't think there's anything else really going on, like nothing unique or uh, – we're working on some products. I've been spending a lot of time on that lately, um, trying to get a couple of things that we're going to be making in-house in the office, uh, which is crazy. But we're trying to get those ready for like Thanksgiving, Black Friday kind of release.
2: Oh, yeah. and I um, forgot that was coming.
0: Yeah, <laughs> that's last year. That was a really big thing for us. It's it's a good time to do discounts on on stuff and like especially for our, our fusion course, it's a great time. It, it's a good reason to give a discount on something like that, and then discounts drive people to like take advantage of it. And so we're we're trying to plan all that. We're also making like a bunch of new apparel uh, that I think is a really cool visual direction. It's like something new for us and working on two new products that are from scratch and trying to figure out how to manufacture that stuff in the office with the machines and with the space and with the people that we have, how to get those things out. It's a whole new endeavor for us, you know, to try to figure out the logistics of all that type of stuff. So, plus the creative of actually make, making the, the things themselves uh, is a whole skill set and a whole amount of effort and everything, so... Anyway, we're, we're juggling all that.
2: Make a product if you want to learn how to do anything. It's real. <laughs> 40,000 things that you don't know you need to know.
0: Yeah. Well, and we've talked a lot about, you know, success, about this first offering. And, you know, what does that look like? Trying to set the expectation of if we're going to make a thing and we're going to try to sell it, how do we know if it was successful? Because we're not going to sell millions of dollars worth of a thing. Just, we're not. We're making it in our office. So, how do we prove to ourselves that it was successful? And in my mind, you know, making some sort of a, a minimal profit from this first batch of things is part of it, but also that profit's not really that much. So, in my mind, uh, and maybe you could speak to this, Jimmy, you've got a lot more experience here, but the way that I'm looking at measuring success in this first batch specifically is when that batch is all sent out have we learned anything about packaging have we learned anything about shipping have we learned anything about improving the manufacturing process you know about marketing and sales like those are all things that we don't have experience with and so yeah. do we have a measurable look now we know how to x now yeah. we know how to y you know
2: well i'll tell you an important story that happened with me and howard we did the math and we realized this whole walmart walmart opportunity was basically going to net us nothing, was going to give us any money. In fact, the risk was high that we would lose money. And we went back to them and we said, we can't really, this is a great opportunity, thank you for shining your light on us, but we can't really do this because it doesn't make sense for us. The pricing's all wrong. We knew going, even after all was said and done and we went through some of the amendments to keep us going forward, we still knew the pricing was wrong. But Howard looked at everything and said, look, this is an opportunity for us to get our foot in the door at Walmart. This opportunity still, after the amendments they made to keep us from leaving and the decisions, we looked at everything and we said, OK, we're probably still going to not make any money with this. It's a risk, but we'll get in the door. So let's go forward with it. So we made a calculated decision knowing we were stepping into a dangerous situation financially but we said, okay, what if we put this much money and we lose it all? Better to give it a try and no than just say, oh, we, we were almost in Walmart. And we did it. And it didn't do extremely well. It's still in the stores. It's still overpriced. It's not selling extremely well. They shuffled the website around so people can't really seem to find it on the website. It's all out of my control. But it did It did help us connect to this other retail firm that is involved with Walmart that we are now working with. And so that led to somebody's calling me. Sorry. So that led to a whole new opportunity that we would never would have had if we took that chance. If we didn't take the chance, if we took that opportunity to tell them we're not going to do it. And they said, okay, sorry, we bothered you have a nice life. Go back to YouTube. The opportunity that, Presented itself going forward, taking the calculated risk, put us in a whole new direction. And we just got a very big order from Walmart on a whole new set of toys that we designed with this new group. Whether that's going to be profitable or whether that's that's also going to be, but we don't know. But we got a second chance with smarter people on our team, which Hmm. we never would have had if we looked at it and said, let's not do it. So I know, Bob, you've been doing lots of math and you're looking at the math and you're like, this is a lot of effort for... You know, like my brother John always says, it's a long way to go for a small sandwich. But you just never know what you're going to learn in the journey. You're never going to know if you get that small sandwich and then there's a golden ticket inside of it. You just don't know. You could develop a whole bunch of products and somebody can come along and say, I want to buy all these products from you. We have a much better marketing arm. We just don't have the creativity you guys have. You know, so that, there's always that ripcord, you could say. Hmm. I have great creativity. I don't have great marketing. But at least I could try and get my products in front of more of an audience and somebody in that audience could come along and save me. Or yeah. we'll come along and contribute. So I, I yeah. say it's worth it's worth a shot. Even yeah. The I think math so. initially doesn't doesn't help.
0: Well it's it's weird too because and you know when we talk about the math and like the profit, we have as content creators, we have a fairly unrealistic view of profitability compared to the rest of the world. And I yeah. mean I'm just trying to be perfectly honest with anybody listening like the the effort to money that we are able to get you know at at our size after doing it for so long it doesn't translate one-to-one to to like selling a thing it's just a totally different scale of profit to effort and that makes you know a a small profit on selling an item or even a t-shirt it makes that profit margin look ridiculously low but it's not not that it's low, it's that what we are blessed enough to get otherwise is a little bit out of whack on the high side, you know? So that is another thing I'm trying to like be aware of is that my metric is a little bit out of skew. And that's why when we were talking about success on this, I'm looking at other things in addition to the money. But, you know, we're trying to make sure that the other stuff is
2: It's funny people think is is that because, but. you know, you might have 3 million followers, I have close to 2. You think that that audience is right there to drop money. Oh, no. that, absolutely. If you can convert 1% of those people, you're doing good. If you yeah. can convert 2% of the, your audience, that's good. And that's... It's, sometimes it's just not enough. Yeah. And that's why I always say success, as far as product development goes, will be a product that people will buy, have no idea who I am. Mm. That's why initially we put the packaging on it and I kept my name kind of minimal on it, because it doesn't matter that I'm on it. People are like, why are we... It's a missed opportunity. I'm like... The, the measure of success at Walmart, a half of a fraction of a third of a percent of the people that are going to be in that successful product launch group are going to know who I am. The rest are going to buy something just because they're shopping at Walmart and they see a toy. Yeah. So this just goes to show you when you're crossing disciplines, uh, potential incomes and and careers. They don't, one doesn't always equal the other, equal the other, equal the other.
0: And if you're selling to that, if you're targeting that group of people who already know who you are, who already like what you do, then that initial sale group is going to be pretty high, but also unrealistic to what you're talking about, to the broad (laughs) audience that doesn't know who you are and just wants to buy something.
2: Well, that's Um, why when we launched the product, all of a sudden it looked great because everybody that knows me bought it, thankfully. I appreciate that very much. But then after that, everybody was like, I'm not buying a $40 toolbox. It's ridiculous. Mm. (laughs) It's crazy. But now the pricing is going to be half as much about the several products we're putting out. So
0: So this is uh, tangential, but I think this is kind of a cool tool that I found. So you're talking about Walmart and stuff disappearing on the website. Ding. Sorry. Um, (laughs) Sorry. Um, So there's this one of those one-up arcade the little mini arcade cabinet. Sure, there's sure. A, That's
2: my friend's company. I know that guy yeah. very well.
0: There's a, there's a Tron one. And when that came out, I'm like, oh, cool. That'd be awesome to have. Just because I like Tron and I, I've always liked that game and stuff. And it's $700. And mm-hmm. so I was like, ugh, not doing that. I wonder when it'll go on sale. So I started looking up how to track. Because I know people like people track changes in prices on products and stuff all the time. People who scalp gaming consoles and all that stuff, they have a bot that's looking at that constantly. So I looked this thing up, and I found this website called visualping.io. It's a free site. And basically, it's website monitoring. So you can put in a a URL. You can put in a cropped area of a website. And you can just, like, whatever you want, whatever you want to keep track of, and it will let you know... Every time there's a change, you can set the frequency, how often it lets you know and stuff, how much of a change, how percentage, if it's images, if it's text. And so now I've got this just as a test. I have this thing watching this arcade cabinet and basically it sends me way more information than I need. (laughs) All I really care about is the price. But it's letting me know every time they change like the metadata in the page, the keywords that's wild. All that type of stuff. I wonder what keeps and it so from getting blocked as a as a bot with the refresh. I guess it's probably the frequency, you know. Like I've got it checking every day, so I'm sure once a day it's probably you. checking. Yeah. Uh, it looks like the maximum is every five minutes. So that, that wouldn't be hitting it too hard, mm-hmm. you know. Um anyway, it's like one of those things like Jimmy, if you wanted to keep an eye on your products to see if they went on sale or something like this, you could yeah. set this up and it takes two minutes to set up, it's mm-hmm. really easy. And it would just let you know you know, if the price changed or whatever. So I'm waiting for this arcade cabinet to go down. That's price. cool. When it goes on clearance, then I'll swoop in and get one. Yeah. Or I won't. Anyway, it's a cool tool. I'll put a link to it in the um, show notes if anybody wants it. Somebody was talking about on Twitter yesterday that they were having trouble with the show notes. And they weren't showing up in, like, I guess, in the podcast player's. So I'm aware that that is an issue for some people, and I'm going to try to figure out how to fix it. So if you have that issue, let me know that, or let me let you know that I'm aware. I try to figure that out. Uh, I I was also joking around with you guys earlier before we started recording about a a story that I saw this morning about an actress that made a ridiculous amount of money, and it kind of prompted a topic. Jimmy, you want to?
2: Lay yeah. Well, our- during Maker Camp. Shout out to Justin Maybe Justin put out a documentary on me, which will be probably my recommendation. Did I talk about that last week? I don't think I did, because it came out Friday. Yes, yeah, Justin put out a great documentary on me, really well done, and uh, really heartfelt. It made me cry. Each time I watch it, I cry at a couple of spots. But Justin during Maker Camp went around and asked everybody a bunch of questions, and he put together a little compilation, which is really funny if you get a chance to see it. I'm sure it's on his channel, maybe Total Boat's channel. And one of the questions was, if you had all the money in the world, if you had no Concerns about money, what would you do? And it was really amazing that most of the people answered said I would just do exactly what I'm doing now. And so we were we were fantasizing before we started about what would we do if we had all the money in the world. What was it? Forty fifty two million dollars has had something more to do with the specific story Bob said. So what if we each got fifty two million dollars? What would you do with fifty two (laughs) million dollars? I vaguely remember us talking about this once a long time ago. Like, you know, money wasn't an object, but in the new context of where we are now, now that we're all three of us millionaires, what if we had more millions? <laughs> oh, <wow. laughs> Is that the when case? did this what, happen? What did do <laughs> you, you have access to my bank accounts? <laughs> <laughs> Kidding, I'm not a millionaire. <clears throat> Even though the internet thinks so, I'm not a millionaire. Oh, yeah. Those, are like, net, worth net worth pages yeah. are oh, hilarious. I'm like I wish. I only wish that was true. <laughs> well, like do you
0: want me to tell you this the story of like why this came up in the first place? Please do. Is it worth? Yeah, go for it. Okay. okay so, so this morning I saw a joke on the internet from it was from an award show or something and it was this guy the host was telling a joke about this actress who was fighting for equal pay for women uh, uh, as far as you know, equal pay with men on a set, which is great. Totally good. And so she, he was making a joke that she was fighting for this, and she was making great strides, and there were these nurses and factory workers out in the street marching with her, chanting how it would be possible for any 25-year-old woman to live on $52 million a year. So it was like, it was a jab a at her expense, but also, you know, it was celebrating that she was making progress for people. But that when I heard that number, it was the – and you always hear about actors and people, famous people making like – millions and millions of dollars doing a single thing.
2: Like YouTube stars. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, like so it making... must
2: be true. It's not true for yeah. us, but it's definitely true. <laughs>
0: it's definitely true for other people. But it was the first time I actually sat down and took a minute and thought, like, how would you spend that? And I started thinking, you know, you, you buy a house for, I don't know, several million dollars just so that you can and you have this really crazy big house or whatever. But then you still, you still have... I don't know. Imagine you still had forty-five million dollars, and then if you decided to, you know, give yourself a yearly budget, like a living expense budget, of four hundred thousand dollars or some ridiculous amount of money, that's still nowhere close. You know, you live on that for forty years, and you still are sitting on a ridiculous amount of money. It was the first time I'd kind of broken it down. Like, okay, until I'm pretty old, if I lived on a stupid amount of money every year for a long time, I would still be done at the end of my life with a ridiculous amount of money. And if you rewind to like, do that job, get that paycheck and you have that future in front of you of never having to do anything ever again, would you? That was the thing I ended up with. Like, would I ever do anything?
2: I like to think that if I had no constraints on money, I would probably do something like, for instance, work on two or three projects and that until they were finished, like a complicated project like the boat or a car restoration. I would just work on those two and not jump around and not go back and forth between this or that. And I would just stay on one, one or two projects as it is now. I'm jumping from this. I'm experimenting with that. Mm-hmm. That being said, I probably do exactly the same with what I'm doing now.
1: <laughs>
2: I probably keep everything exactly the same, but I wouldn't jump. I wouldn't have to worry about this sponsor's ad or that sponsor's thing. You know, that, mm-hmm. That's a lot of the in-between in stuff is me making sure that I'm moving that sponsor's requirements along or that sponsor's requirements along or that I've got to remember to show this product in the middle of me doing what, what I would do no matter what happens. So that kind of thing. But I would also probably initiate bigger projects. Like I'm looking around the property and thinking it's some of the, the bigger projects coming up this year. I just got confirmation that going into the winter, I'm going to be building a pool table. It's a big collaboration between two big corporate companies. Not huge, but two, one of my sponsors and, and another company, which I'll be working with. I'm going to be making a pool table, legit pool table, like legit felt, legit slate. Actually, the slate's going to get dropped off in November. So I know like a legit piece of slate. Everything's going to be legit. I made a pool table yeah. on Hammered 15, 20 years ago. It was ridiculous. It was made out of MDF. We made it in two days. This is going to be a real pool table with proper wood and kiln-dried wood and walnut and maybe some CNC hand carving. We're going to try and do something really sexy and fancy. So we're going to build that over the winter and I'm thinking going into spring, summer, I want to build a clubhouse somewhere in a tree or a tree house rather. And we did some clearing in the yard and there's one big tree that kind of stands out. And I thought, it'd be interesting to put a tree house in that tree. Well, maybe I go down deep in the property and do it. So that's another project I want to do. So these are bigger projects that take a lot of time and focus. And of course, a little bit of money and, you know, money, money in the way that you don't have to do other things is really helpful. Money to spend on a project that you need, that needs to be funded Versus m- money that just is there, so you don't have to do other work. You don't have to jump around and hold bottles up in the air and talk about products and stuff. <laughs> that makes you know. It's you know. I love my sponsors. It's it's why I'm able to live the life I lead. And but if I didn't have to ever talk to anybody, that would be a luxury. Would you still make videos? I probably would, just because it's fun. It's like a yeah. fun hobby. It, what's interesting, funny is uh, like this summer, obviously I'm, I'm not with Taylor at the moment and it doesn't seem like we ever will be together again as a couple, but this summer we talked about going away and she went to Europe and I didn't go. And I said, I, I said, honestly, I don't, I don't want to go anywhere. I just, I don't want to leave the compound. I don't want to go anywhere. I'm totally content here. Maybe I'll go to Walmart once in a while. I'll go to Home Depot. We'll make an excuse. I'll drive 30 <laughs> miles to Home Depot to buy a can of... Paint that I already probably have four of, but just to get out of the house. But in general, like I'm going to Nashville this weekend, but that's for work. I wouldn't have to do those small things. Wouldn't have to do stuff like that. But I really don't want to go anywhere. I'm at this point in my life, and if I had generational income in the bank, that would make not going anywhere even easier. <laughs> would have to, would never yeah. have to leave. I'd close the gates. To the property and weld them shut. <laughs> <laughs> Saw it wearing a pair of overalls with no t shirt underneath it. Get my shirt. I'm picturing hat, like
0: b- the the Dr. Frankenstein kind of Adams family just like compound, it's covered with overgrowth and everything, oh, and yeah. nobody ever wants to go in it there because of crazy old Duresta. <laughs>
2: let my fingernails grow really long. <laughs> let my hair grow. Whatever's left of my hair grow out of the sides of over my ears. I'd look like uh, Doc Brown. Stop building my time machine boat. <laughs> yeah. That would be great, just to become a wacky eccentric and everybody be like... You're going to be the wacky
1: there? eccentric. What is he Yeah, I get, a,
2: I get a half of a school bus imported, stuffed in the woods, fill pipes. <laughs> no uh, explanation why there's only half of a school bus in, yeah. in the woods. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, no, David, what
2: I would lo- I would love to become a wacky old eccentric. I mean, I know I'm probably on my way there with, oh, yeah. with, with or without money. Yep. <laughs> yep.
0: <laughs> David, how would how would that? I mean, maybe we should set the the rules. So, fifty two million dollars today. You have somebody gives you that mm-hmm. tax free. Just that's what you end up with. I, how does that change the rest of your life?
2: Uh, well. He I have removes a, all the trees from his property. Uh,
1: <laughs> I love all the trees. I look out, and we can't see our neighbors. And I'm really looking. I'm not looking forward to fall when all the leaves come down, and I can actually, actually see the neighbor's house. Yeah, yeah. Um, I could I, buy the neighbor's
0: house. <laughs> yeah, I would buy all the neighbor's house. That's for sure.
1: <laughs> there you go. I have a weird I was say.
2: Buy it. Knock it down.
1: I have a weird relationship with money because we grew up without money, and like we got. You know, free lunches in 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 school, and we got government benefits and and all that. And so it's weird that I get to have a nice house and a nice car now. It's almost embarrassing. It is embarrassing sometimes. Hmm. And um, so I just I just want to say that I'm weird with money. I'm I'm embarrassed for some successes. But I have a I have a selfish part of me and then I have the non-selfish part of me of what I would do with this. The non-selfish part is I want to build that that art community here in my city where we have uh artists could can have spaces to work and then there's a community space where you can have events and stuff like that. That's that's a dream of mine. And that is something that I hope to do whether I get fifty two million dollars or not. So that is the that is one of the long term goals. The the selfish part of me is I really love our property here. So I think we would just tear everything down and start over on the same property, but design my house, my shop, my workspace, my office. That sounds absolutely amazing. Not, and not do any mm. of that work, just hire it out. <laughs> just the design. Yeah. And, uh, and just have a space where I just feel good all the time. And, uh just so i i think i would work on getting my surroundings to just be absolutely perfect uh which that I'm picturing it now. Like I'm pretty lucky now, but I would, I would, I would definitely go, go there. I would still make videos. I absolutely love making videos, but I would do it without the pressure of needing to. So it would be yeah. when I want to make a video, and maybe we can spend a little bit more money on the project and do something bigger. So maybe it's once a month, once every two months, or whatever, and just do something bigger. I love the idea of not having to go. To the store to get materials so i love <laughs> I, lo- I would i would just buy all the walnut and hickory and maple and i would just have my own store of of wood i would have my own hardware store i would have my own like just supplies just endless amounts of supplies and it mm. would always be there and there would be no worry of how am i going to get this and i would just i would build my own little hardware store and I never cool. thought I would. I, n- I never had that thought until you asked that question. I would have my own hardware store, where everything is free huh. once it's purchased. <laughs>
2: it's it's free, free for you. It's free for <laughs> once it's purchased. Yeah. No, that I, I, another thing I would have is I would have uh, several organizers working for me organizing everything I left behind. Oh, are you sure would you want that? Are you sure you want that? Oh, they wouldn't. They wouldn't be allowed to talk. It would never <laughs> hit. It would never hit the table. It would just fall into somebody's white-gloved palm, and they would just go put it away from me. I would just, like, literally, like, I'd be working on the boat, and I'd just let go of the chisel in the air, and it would just, like, fall into somebody's palm. But that person would have a, a mask on. <coughs> <laughs> oh, man, that would be yeah. super weird. That would be great. That would be so weird. Everybody would know not to look me in the eyes and not to talk. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Years ago, I, I had an assistant... Uh, and he wasn't the best assistant this is the very first assistant i had this guy keith He was a great guy i like keith and we it, the best thing about keith is that he never talked mm. he never talked he never ever ever said one word which was great unless i prompted him and then he would talk but he he set the standard that anybody that i work with has to be able to just like not be too super chatty mm. and if I had the ability to hire somebody and part of the job requirement was you get paid all you want. I don't care. I'll give you everything you want. You just can't talk. <laughs> just don't talk. <laughs> You're only allowed to talk during oh, lunch man. hours. You can get it all out during the lunch hours. But, That's yeah. funny.
0: Well, yeah. let's we'll see. For me, I think, I mean, I I've thought about this longer than you guys have this morning before we started, but <clears throat> I think, you know, Obviously, getting, setting aside money for like my kids and the next couple of generations uh, is, and figuring out how to do that responsibly for them, I think would be a big part of if I had money like that. Um, but then, even past that, a couple of years ago, I was thinking how cool it would be, and I don't have the money to do this now, and so I never pursued it, but how cool it would be to have uh, some sort of a, I don't know, like an investment company for other content creators? Oh. For like other people in our space who are just starting out to be able to like invest in build them building a channel up to do some specific vision. And not just like anybody who does woodworking or anybody, but like if you, you know, if you found somebody who's really special and who's really gifted at something, being able to invest in them to help them jump up a level. A record label to, for creators. To, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. But like, not terrible, <laughs> <you know>. right?
2: Because <laughs> record labels—they're uh, historically terrible. Yeah. But, but it would something be like difficult that to, to run a record label if you weren't allowed to talk.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I've always thought that that's some sort of like in content investment something yeah. would be really cool, and that would be an opportunity to do something like that. So those are the selfless, and then you know I. I've got a bunch of charities that I support and, you know, I would want to do all that type of stuff as well. Um, as far as like the – just the selfish end of things or the personal end of things, I would – I'm kind of like you, Jimmy. I I don't think I would necessarily do anything differently than I'm doing now as far as I – w- I would still do the same stuff but being able to just focus on – the work and I would still probably make videos but I would feel really comfortable paying the team and other people a ridiculous amount of money to just handle it just to do it all you know here's the here's the vision here's the intent just do it well mm-hmm. and then I could I could just do the things that I want to do and their job is to figure out how to capture it and to figure out how to turn it into something that accomplishes our goals for other people Um, and then I would turn the comments off and I would turn the ads off and I would turn all of the, no, but well, but not, not, not for the feedback loop. I don't mean that, but for the, the separation of content to, uh, need to break away from that. Like we've got to get engagement. So the video gets in front of people, we've got to have ads so that it can help pay for itself. I would turn all that stuff off so that. The things that we were making video wise and podcast wise and all that stuff were just here's a good thing that we tried really hard on and we're putting it out into the world and enjoy it if you want and if you don't, right on. I don't care right. because I don't need it. It's I don't like need a dist- that.
2: it's like a distillate of of the intention that we all have. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: Um, and I so like I think as far as the like the projects and the work itself, like I would absolutely love to go buy a field build a giant garage in it, put a bunch of cars in it, and then day to day walk from one car to the other and just work on them and figure out to understand this new thing and uh, go to this one and understand this new thing and just, you know, explore that stuff without the pressure of, like, is anybody going to care? Because I think that's a lot of what we do is we have to balance the, is anybody going to care as much about this thing as I do? And, you know, often that doesn't matter, but often it does. And so... I would like to be able to do that stuff without having that worry or that kind of – I don't remember how you said it, David, but you made that point, like the, the need or the, yeah. the the pressure or something. I,
1: there's it, it would be a good self-test because growing up without money or, uh, or or just like I have to have sponsored videos to keep doing what I'm doing is the motivating factor for me to keep doing what I, uh, I'm doing, having that feedback yeah. loop is sort of a payoff because i do enjoy the feedback and it's one of the reasons i make videos uh, and would i be able to keep that up without having the pressure of doing it mm. i think i would but i don't know
0: does that discipline go away over time yeah and this exercise is I don't want this to sound like it's, you know, like, oh, if we just had a million dollars, what would we do with money? That's not the point. I think what this actually does is it filters out what we actually want. So I think anybody who ran this equation in their head could help you figure out what you actually want to do if you don't have to. If you don't have to do anything, like distilling is a good way to look at it, Jimmy, where it really could distill down, like, where do I really want to put my time? Because I know for me personally, I'm trying to put my time at way too many things, constantly. Because part of it's because I want to, part of it's because I need to. And if I can think through, well, like, you know, building a garage and working on cars, is that the thing I really want to be doing? I mean, it kind of is. Maybe not the only thing I want to do, but that's something I would like to do. So how do I make that a priority within all of the other things that I'm trying to do? So I think it's a kind of a good exercise for that. Uh, Just from what I said, if I apply that to myself, that tells me that I'm more interested in cars than I thought I was, that that should be a bigger priority than I thought it should be. It tells me that I actually want to figure out how to invest in other people, even though I don't have the money to do that. So how can I do that without the money? Because there's ways to invest in people without money. Uh, It tells me that... I feel like the comments and the sponsors and the ads get in the way of me doing the thing that I actually would want to do. So how do I work around that? You know what I mean? Like, I think it's a good exercise for that stuff. Um, plus, it's just fun to imagine what you would do with a ridiculous amount of money. I would probably buy a version of every car that I'm interested in that doesn't need to be restored and then one that does. Uh, so I could give something to <laughs> A, B, compare... <laughs> How, how yeah. does this work? And like, I could, <laughs> yeah, I could drive a Ford GT around, and then you know, like, yeah, oh well, I have to make this other one look like this one, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. It's a fun, fun experiment to think about. Any other
1: thoughts on on this? I in I'm just thinking, working without parameters is really hard. It is there's so many because you have too many options, right? So when you have the boundaries, what that boundary could be money, it could be materials, it could be your space, it could be you're building something for somebody else. So you have these boundaries. I think somehow I would still have to have these parameters in place for me to to keep motivated.
0: Yeah, I would think so. Uh, there was a I just now realized that I saw this video the other day, but um, there was a video interview with Casey Neistat. Recently, I don't know how old it is, where he was talking to Steve-O and some other dudes who have a podcast. I don't know. Yeah, anything Steve-O about.
2: does a podcast from his from like a, tr- a roving truck.
0: Yeah, and so you know, I don't listen to it with kids, but um, it was an interesting thing because they were asking him about Beam, about his like tech company that he started, and he sold it, and he made a bunch of money yeah. and stuff like that, and he brought that up. Uh, David, the reason I'm thinking of this is he brought that up that once you have money and he grew up very poor as well. And so once he was saying, you know, once I had money, then I got to actually decide how to spend my day. And I think he was leading towards some days. He just doesn't do anything at all. And like he said that this morning he decided to like sit in the garden with his two year old and eat candy and look at flowers and stuff, which is really sweet. But at the same time, yeah, there's that weird thing of if you don't have to do anything, would you actually do anything? Or would you just become complacent in the freedom that you have? And, like, I know for me, I that would always be a danger. But that would be really, really hard for me to be hmm, – I don't want to sound judgy. I would feel gluttonous if I was just like, well, I guess I just get to sit around all day. <laughs> I would feel, I would feel terrible about myself if I wasn't at least pursuing something or contributing to something or something. You know, uh, at, at a long term, obviously you should take some days off and sit in the garden with your kids if you can. But um, so I think I would have a struggle as probably just to what to do. Yeah, like okay, I have the freedom now. Where do I put that? Like I have all these things that I want to do. I don't have any constraints. Like. How do I prioritize which one of these things gets my time? Gets,
1: I, I think know. all three of us have the mindset we're always doing something. We're all like – like, it, whether uh, out, outside of family time, I'm always, always doing something. Even in within family time, I'll be watching a movie and I'm like researching something on my computer. Or if I have free time, I don't just sit – I don't read – books uh, on the couch i don't watch movies by myself i i'm like I'm making music i'm uh thinking of ideas for the next project uh sometimes it's businessy sometimes it's not but i'm always doing something and i can't see myself just sitting in a garden and looking at my, yeah. my new landscaping
0: <laughs> yeah not long term for sure yeah. cool well other thoughts
1: uh, like Grandpa Pachuda says, keep moving. You've got to have a purpose. So if you get that $52 million, find something to keep you motivated.
0: Yeah, or just give it to or me. It I'll, I'll handle it for you.
2: It's an interesting question to ask, and I think uh, we kind of got to the, the crux of the, the question is, what is the distillate distillation of all you do down to what, what you you really just want to do? Mm.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, next year, let's revisit this and uh,
0: see how we do with it. See, see how we spent yeah. our $52 million? <laughs> yeah. Cool. Well, uh, I'm going to thank our Patreon supporters who give us almost 50. Just <laughs> kidding. They don't. But they are, they are helping us out a whole lot. They make the show go, um, which is really, really cool. So big thanks to everybody over at patreon.com slash it who helps us out. Our top group of supporters who do go above and beyond – who who really support the show at a at a different level? They are Gretchen Hofer, Michael Meneghin, Warren Works, Scott Orem, Full Fullsteam Designs, Odin Leather Goods, Rich at Lowen Design, Fun Kiss Artistic Creations. You can make this too. Chad for Mancrafting Works by Solo, Albers Woodworks, and Corey Ward. Um, but also people like Matthew from Artigiano Serio. I'm I'm sure yes. I butchered that, but yep. yeah, yeah, Matthew's a great good too. guy. Great uh, so. Big thanks to him and and everybody else who helps us out. If you want to get the after show, everybody at every level, no matter how much, gets it. Um, So you can go to patreon.com slash making it. Get that extra show. Here's some more. Maybe we'll come up with some crazy ideas. Maybe if we were forced to spend half of that $52 million, like a Brewster's Millions kind of deal. That's a fun one. Let's talk about that today. That'd be fun. So, yeah. Big thanks to them. Uh, what do you guys have to recommend? I'm going to have week. Jimmy go first in case I have the same thing as him.
2: Well, I was going to recommend Justin Maybe's documentary about me. It's a little self-serving, but Justin did such a wonderful job, and he worked very hard. And just go check out Justin Maybe's documentaries on several makers. He's done about twelve of them at this point, and they're all done very well. And and, and I love that he's made that his passion. Is investing time and energy and filmmaking skills into highlighting the maker community. And now Justin works for Total Boat, but uh, Total Boat, oh my God, I accidentally hit Siri button. Yeah. <laughs> I say Justin, <clears throat> Justin works over at Total Boat making content, but they, they give him the freedom to do whatever he wants, that, as long as it moves his creative freedom along in the maker community. So go check out Justin Maybe. Call me maybe is this YouTube channel? That's funny.
1: All right. Well, what do you have? So I've got a, a couple of them. Uh, last week, Bob, you mentioned the uh, the Peter McKinnon video where uh, about the home screen on the phone, and as I said I, I started that. So I have removed all the apps from my home screen. My home screen, and I just have the folder on the bottom, which just has the essentials: messages, camera, mail, phone, notes, and Safari. But up top. I have a widget and this widget is called daily random facts and you can, um, you can have it as a widget. You can also have it as like a notification where it gives you random facts from categories. I don't use the random facts. What I use it for is things that I personally type in there and then have it pull up at random. So I do, uh, I take a lot of notes, uh, from of whether I'm watching a a conference or, or whatever. And those notes don't do anything for me unless you go back and read them. And how often am I going back and reading my old notes? So I just have random things that I want to remember to do just pop up on my phone. And some of those things wouldn't be, they wouldn't make sense to anybody else but me. But a lot of it is like businessy stuff. It's uh, this one, came up this morning, it sounds motivational, but it's not really motivational. It's something that I want to execute it is it says, be polarizing. If you're not repelling people, you're doing it wrong. Attract the right people and repel the wrong people, which is, I heard a speaker say that a couple weeks ago, and I just wrote that down in my notes and I went over and it's kind of like a reminder to, it's okay. You don't have to make videos for everybody. You can make videos for the people you want to make videos for. And then I've got other things of like maybe I'll I'll come across like a like a camera angle. I'm like, oh, I should remember how to use that that uh that that shot technique. And I'll just put it in there and it'll come up randomly and I'll like, oh yeah, I should use that today. So that app is called Daily Random Facts. It's on iOS and Google Play. And then my other pick is um the fastest woman on earth, the HBO documentary on jesse combs um yeah i haven't watched it yet it's really good it's it's um it's not sad it's uh it's it's meant to be more motivational of course there's going to be some Mm -hmm. sad moments in there but it's more about a a positivity and encouraging and it's it's really good
2: i had the opportunity to talk to jesse one-on-one she stayed here for a couple days at the house and I asked her. It was the summer that she died in the car accident, and I, and before she went, I asked her. I was like, like, what are you thinking? You know, this is extremely dangerous. Like, aren't you happy with having what you've gotten? And, and she said, I'm 100% aware of the risks, and I'm totally willing to take whatever comes along with the risk of me trying to break the land speed record. She something she wanted to do, and she wow. got it posthumously. They awarded her the the fastest. Land speed record after she, she died in the accident. Hmm. We we talked in August. She died, I think. No, she died in the end of August. We talked in like May or June. It's the last time I saw her. Hmm. A few months later. Wow.
0: Well. Um, <clears throat> well, for mine, I'm going to put in that interview with Casey Neistat. Um, it was kind of, I'm not even sure why I watched it. But it ended up being really good. I think Casey does a really good job of articulating how he feels when he gets just gets to talking. You can tell in his videos it's very edited and stuff, but um,
2: he's back to he making did, videos pretty much yeah, daily or weekly he's, they're yeah. good.
0: Um, but this one's really good because it's him talking about that kind of. I mean oddly enough this is not what prompted our conversation today but he's talking about having a bunch of money and how that's not necessarily the success he was looking for cuz he feels like he let down his employees and stuff like that so it's a good good interview but You guys got anything else for this week? And that's it. Let us know on Twitter how you would spend or what would change not how you would spend it. What would change if you had 52 million dollars? Us, no. Not
2: fifty-one, not no. fifty-three. No, fifty-two. Fifty-two. I'd spend a million for every card in the deck.
0: this <laughs> a stupid amount of money. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. Thank and, you. Uh, we'll,
2: we'll catch you next thank time. Thank you. Love you.